How are you all tonight? I hope that what you hear tonight is better than what you heard last night. <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, thank you that depression has not set in. You have come out. You're among the people. So, hallelujah. We're glad you're on live stream. You've joined us. Thanks for being with us tonight. And uh, if you're on podcast, thanks for tuning in and listening. And it's always good to gather around the Word of God yes, and hear the Word. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and let's bless the Lord. We, Father, we bless you. We honor you. We glorify you, Lord God. We give you all the praise and all the honor. All the glory belongs to you, Lord Jesus. You alone are worthy, O Lord. You alone, Lord, deserve all adoration, all honor, all glory. To you belongs all power, all authority. Thank you, Lord, that you're the head of the church, that we can look to you, that you lead us, direct us, and guide us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your loving kindness, your compassion that is forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord, that you are good. You're always good, only good, that you're good to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us, caring about us. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, as we come before you right now to sit at your feet and hear your word, I thank you that by your Holy Spirit you'll teach us and impart revelation into our heart. Father, I just thank you so much that the anointing comes on your word that removes burdens, destroys yokes, the burdens of, of not seeing, the burdens of not understanding, that we'll see clearly, we'll understand clearly, that we'll take hold of that word and it will get rooted and deposited into the good soil, Lord, and it will bear and bring forth into our life. Father, we look to your word, to your Holy Spirit, to help us to grow and develop in your divine nature, to conform to the image of Jesus, that more and more we walk in a manner worthy of you and pleasing you in all respects. We thank you for it and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to start over in Galatians chapter 3 uh, this evening. We were over here last week. We were talking about bewitching Babel. Who has bewitched you, O Galatians? So we're just going to pick up from there, and we're going to go a little further into some things uh, this evening. So in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the Lord or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Verse 5. He says, So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Verses 7 through 9. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, 
all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Hallelujah. 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 So we began this life in Christ and we began it by faith. Isn't that right? When we began this life, we received by faith as we were born of the Holy Spirit. We received the regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit, born of him, and the new birth took place. Isn't that right? That's what we call salvation. And then we get renewed. We were regenerated. We received a brand new nature on the inside. The old things passed away. The nature of the devil was gone, and the nature of God had come into us. And it was all done, how? By hearing and by adding our faith to what we heard and receiving what was freely presented in the good news of salvation. Hallelujah. That is a principle that never changes from the day you got saved till the day you see Jesus. It never changes in any aspect of life, in every aspect of life, in anything we deal with in life, no matter what it is, it is the same exact principle. You hear you add faith to what you hear, you receive what was freely presented in the good news of the Word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Now, some people say, well, you know, I believed and I received and I got saved, but you know, I believe and I received, but my health hasn't changed. Well, let me tell you something, what most people don't understand. When you believe and you receive and you got saved, you're not totally saved. You're only spiritually saved. And the Bible says work out your salvation and the rest of your life is to become saved and get your mind saved, get your soul saved. And then when you see Jesus, then you'll get a new body. And at that point, salvation will be complete. And, you know, this was, I think, one of the shortcomings that may have been taught many years ago, but it was based on what the revelation was back then. And the revelation back then was that everything is spiritual. You're born again, spiritually you're changed, true. So spiritually you're the righteousness of God, true. But that righteousness and salvation has to work out into your life. So therefore, the blessing of God does belong to you because you are the righteousness of God, but then there is the walking in the righteousness, which is called the shield of faith. I'm sorry, the, the breastplate of righteousness. That's the practical righteousness that we live in every day. So although, yes, spiritually things have happened, but that was only the beginning. And there's a whole life that goes along with that. Amen. But how did it all start? By faith. And how does it continue? By faith. And the same principles and the same operation of how it worked when you got saved is the same operation that it works in in everything. Amen. So don't say getting healed is harder than getting saved. No, you receive salvation and then you have to walk in it. And you receive healing, but then you walk in it. And you receive uh, uh, uh peace but then you have to walk in it and you receive righteousness and then you have to walk in it it's always the same you've got to work it out but you can't work anything out if you haven't first received it by faith go to James chapter 2 
verse 10. And you know, it's not that as years go on that you get new revelations or new things. There's nothing new under the sun. You go deeper into things. And the reason that a lot of people don't is because they don't get into the Word of God. So everything stays on the surface, like a lot of relationships. A lot of relationships are just surface. And a lot of relationships should be surface. You know, there's a time that certain, like my wife's relationship and I, is not surface. You know, it's a little deeper than my relationship with Dr. Rich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, there are things that she knows about me. He don't have a clue. Right? And it, that's the way it ought to be. So with the word of God, we need to go in deeper into the things of God. You know, the Bible talks about the depth, the width, the breadth, and the height. And to sit there arrogantly and to even say, well, I know what the word says. That is such an arrogant statement. Because you just said you have gone the depth, the width, the height, and the breadth of the word of God. That could be very impressive if it was true. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. Yeah, because we'll put out some water and we'll watch you walk on it. <laughs> All right, James chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. Whoever keeps, the word keep, tereo, it means to keep an eye on it, to guard it, to observe it attentively. And this word keep was used about a soldier that was on God duty, paying attention. Okay? This person that he's talking about here is doing everything in their power to watch and carry out the whole law. They're watching their life. They're carrying out the law. Okay? And the law, when it says here, whoever keeps the whole law, the law. It's a definite article. The Law. When you say the law, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. You're not talking about the speed limit. The law is the law of the, of the uh, Old Testament Torah. So it refers to all the laws, all the regulations that are contained in the Old Testament. It's not just the Ten Commandments. There were 613 laws. So if you have trouble with the Ten Commandments... <laughs> So if you kept 612 laws but broke one of them, yeah. you were guilty of all 613. So it says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet, yet, the word yet means remarkably, yet, if he stumbles and errs and sins in one, if he keeps 612 but remarkably, he breaks one of them, then he would be remarkably responsible as though he broke the whole law. And it means he would be ensnared, trapped, and guilty of the whole thing. So this means, listen, well, I worked very hard, I worked very hard, and I got all 16, 613 today. Well, tomorrow's coming. <laughs> you got to do it every day. It's not once and done. Every day all day long, never break a law. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what it meant to keep the law. And of course, with every disobedience, there is a recompense, a reaping for the disobedience. There's blessing for obedience, curses for disobedience. This is the challenge of the law. Can you imagine trying to walk under that challenge? This is the challenge. Keep, keep the whole law. Keep it. That's the challenge. The only solution is faith. The only solution. So back over to Galatians 3, 12 through 14. Galatians 3, 12 through 14. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, who, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that, for this reason and for this purpose, that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the law is of works, it is not of faith. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? The curse is it's impossible for you to keep it. That's the curse. You can't keep the law. It's impossible. You can't keep it all day, every day, your whole life. Impossible. He's redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, but then he's redeemed us from all the curses that are associated with the law. You know, they would stand on one mountain and yell the blessing and stand on the other mountain and yell the curses. If you obey these blessings, if you disobey these curses, well, guess what? Nobody could obey at all. So when he's redeemed us from the curse, he's redeemed us from all the curses that are associated with a law of works. Deuteronomy 28 tells us uh, the first part of it, chapter, verses 1 through 14, talks about the blessings of God. And then he talks about prosperity, about living blessed wherever you are. Talk about your children being blessed. Your possessions are blessed. Increase comes in all that you set your hand to. But then from verses 15 through 68, you ought to go home and read it sometime. From 15, and if you haven't read it in a long time, you ought to go back and read it and remind yourself. 15 to 68 tells us about the curses of sickness, disease, lack, your children being robbed, destruction on everything you set your hand to, and eternal death. Verses 1 through 14 are the blessings, but 15 through 68 is the curses. What is that, four times the amount of curses? Then there are blessings. Why cursed? Because you can't keep the law. But today, obedience is no longer about trying to be saved. You're saved by faith. Isn't that right? Romans 8. Look at Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. We'll come back here, I think. Uh, maybe not. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that, in order that, for this reason, that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Free from the law of sin and death. That's the law. We're free from that lore of sin and death. Hallelujah. Life is in Christ. Isn't that right? The law was weak because it could not save anybody. Why? Because of the weakness and the inability of man's flesh. Man was spiritually dead. Man had no ability in him own self to walk in all 613 law requirements, right? So therefore, the law, law was weak because of man. The law itself wasn't weak, but man was weak. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law. He walked in all of the law, not just for three years from when he came out of the Jordan, but from the time that he became a uh, 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 he reached that age of accountability as a young person. From that time, for the rest of his life, he kept the law. Amen. I know, you know, he was a baby. He was an infant. He was a toddler. He was a teen, but he never sinned. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law, walking perfect as a man according to the law. Never broke a law. Not out here, not in here. He never thought wrong. He never had a wrong attitude. He never had a wrong uh, uh, motive. He had a, never had a wrong agenda, never had a wrong word, never had a wrong action. Perfect. He walked perfect. And this is why when we say things like, yeah, I'm doing good, where's your standard for that? you got to be kidding me. Where is your standard? <laughs> so, therefore, he, re, he, he walked according to the law, and he met the requirement of the law. So he sacrificed his sinless life. He sacrificed his sinless blood. And when we receive him into our life as our Lord and Savior, we have turned from the dependence of the flesh of walking in the law to the dependence of the Spirit who regenerates us, renews us, and makes us brand new. Therefore, the blessings and the curses of Deuteronomy 28 are not based on attaining salvation, but we look to walk in obedience because we are saved. You know, before you got saved, how many of you went to church before you got saved? Sure. A lot of people go to church before you go say, you know, you go to church, you sit in church, you have no idea what you're doing there, but you know you're there. You know, you're hoping God will look at you and say, oh, they went to church this week. They'll, I'll do good to them. You know, something, you know, a little brown nose, don't hurt anybody, I guess. You know, so, you know, so we sit in church, we're not saved, and uh, we go through all the rituals and everything. We keep the golden rule. You know, sometimes we lose our temper, tell somebody off. Nobody in here looks like you really shot anybody on purpose and, you know, just killed somebody down on the street corner. But, you know, 
Everybody did the best they could. Good to your neighbor, nice to other people. Why? Because you're trying to be good enough to get on God's side. So how many of you are saved now? And you still go to church, right? But you don't go to church for those reasons anymore. You go to church now for growth. Amen. You go to church so that you can grow in the life and nature of God so that you can, out of your heart, be good to other people. Live the life that is in Christ. So although you still go to church, the whole motive and attitude and, and, and everything is totally different. Amen. So although now that we're saved, we still keep to the Ten Commandments. In fact, you have a little more power to hold to them. You know, we still keep to, we, we don't have to keep the rituals of the law anymore, thank God. You know, that's why we never have bloody sacrifices in the church. We'd be changing the carpet every week. <laughs> you know, so the rituals of the law have passed away, you know, but there are still things because there are layouts in the law of how you ought to live. So that now that we're saved, we want to be obedient, but we do it because we are saved and we love the one that saved us. Blessings and curses now in our life are a matter of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap, right? Sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. Sow to the spirit, you reap eternal life. The devil comes to attack us with the curses. This is why you ought to read Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. Find out what the curses are and realize when they're coming into your life, it's an attack of the devil or you've opened the door to it or you might find out, gee, that's been my lifestyle. If it's a lifestyle, you can change it. If it's an attack, you can stop it. But you have to find out what it is. And you've got to be honest about it. Don't call something an attack if it's a lifestyle. You know, we did a teaching one time. You know, do, are you having a big lack attack or are you just having a life of lack? Because you handle them different. They both look the same, but you handle them differently. And you have to be honest about it. Is it an attack or is it lifestyle? Both of them can be overcome. Yes. Hallelujah. So if you realize it's an attack, the devil's coming against you with an attack, you can repel the attack with the word of God, with authority and faith, if you grow in it. You can't just say, oh, I got authority. You ain't got nothing if it's not in here. If it's not in you, you don't have nothing to put out there except right. empty words. You got to get it in your heart so that it comes out of your heart with the forces of life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Back to Galatians 3.14. So he redeemed us from the curse of the law in order that we could receive the blessing of Abraham would come to us and we could receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of redemption and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The blessing of Abraham. That's singular. It's not the blessings of Abraham, although the blessings of Abraham belong to us. Why? Because we have taken hold of the blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? Jesus Christ. The seed of Abraham. He was the blessing. And we've taken hold of the blessing. Amen. Amen. Abraham believed God 
and it was accounted to him as righteousness. When we get born again, it's not accounted to us as righteousness. We are made the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians 5.21, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's also the blessing of receiving the Holy Spirit through faith. Redemption and receiving the Holy Spirit through faith, born of the Spirit. We understand there's the infilling of the Spirit. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about being born of the Spirit. New birth. Okay. But how many times do we forget these great promises and blessings? And why do we forget about them? Why, you know, everything that you need in life, everything that you're believing God for in life are secondary. It's all secondary blessings. That's the most important one right there. Redemption and the Holy Spirit. That's the most important. And it's the things that the world has no idea of anything. See, you can walk around healed. You can walk around with money. You can walk around like you're Mr. Hotshot, like you've got everything going on. Well, so can anybody. Ain't no big deal. Anybody can do that. But not anybody can walk around with the Holy Ghost. The most important of all. But we forget about it because we're so focused on the secondary things. Are you with me? Second Corinthians 3, 6. You have to keep your focus in the right places because without the redemption and the Holy Spirit, everything you're believing God for, it's <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen without that. How many times before you got saved did you cry? Oh, God, I need you to help me. Oh, God, would you do this for me? You remember those days? Yeah. Remember when you were doing like, let's make a deal? You know, God, if you, if you do this for me, I'll, I'll go to church every Sunday. Or if you do this, I'll be nice to my spouse. Or if you do this, you know, uh, I'll do something special for the kids. Whatever, you know, whatever it might have been. You're making a deal. God, if you do this, then I will. And you never did. Usually. <laughs> or if you did, it didn't last. <laughs> you know I'm talking to you because I know I did the same thing. I, I, you know, I'd say, oh, God, help me out. And it was always the church thing. I'll go back to church. Just help me out. I'll go back to church. I never went back. I drove by it one time, but I never went back. <laughs> because why? Without redemption and without the Holy Spirit, nothing else is going to work. 2 Corinthians 3.6, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Spir uh, servants or ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, not promoting the law, not about the flesh acting right. You can get flesh to act right. There are churches filled with morally good people going to hell. It's not about that at all it's all about what faith all about faith all about faith 
So again, back to our example, you go to church and you try to be good enough. Well, what is that? Flesh. It's the law. Why? Because it's works of the flesh. So it's the law. But in the same way, you tell somebody they need to go to church. You need to go to church. You need to go to church. You know, who, who was it that was sharing? Somebody, I think you were sharing it today, that the multitudes of Christians that will not go to church. You were telling me about that. They won't go to church. But yet they need to be in church. The right kind of church. And, you know, sometimes you can beat somebody, badger somebody, bug somebody long enough, and they'll go to church. But they go by the flesh under the law. And then you wonder why they don't like being there. They're under the law. But we are what? We're salt and we're light. Isn't that right? So what light have we shown them to lead them to church? What salt have we released that makes them thirsty for church? We're light and we're salt. Salt makes people thirsty. Light makes people see. What light and salt are we releasing? Or are we just putting them under the law? Flesh does not do anybody any good. Amen? You know, I had a guy back when, uh, in my early 20s, was it? No, I was 19, I think. And um, in the military, and I'd be sitting in my room. I'd be spaced out on acid. I'm getting myself a concert. I got all the posters up. They're giving me a concert in my room. Got the black lights on and the posters. And, and this guy would come walking in. He'd say, hey, can I talk to you? Sure, why not? And he'd come in and he'd start talking to me about Jesus. And, he, and you could see, but, you know, he was a nice guy, really nice guy. Because uh, I, I determined everybody in my life in two classes, either nice people or people that I knew. Those are the two classes of people that I, that I, you know, that I had. So he was one of the nice guys. And I, I'd be like, you know, wow, th he's really nice, and he, he really knows what he's talking about, and he really seems passionate about it. And he would leave, and then he'd come back another day, and I'd be in the same condition, and he'd be in the same condition, and he'd be talking to me about Jesus. And this was back in 1970, I think. And he'd be talking to me about Jesus. And I'd think, he's a really nice guy. You know, he can come in anytime he wants to. He's not trying to steal anything, so he's got to be okay. And then one day, I'm, I'm out. It was a Sunday morning. And I had to go outside. I went out on the fire escape. I had to have some fresh air. And I'm just sitting out there. And I see all these people down below. And they're all talking and laughing and having a good time. And I'm thinking... What is so happy about Sunday morning? I'm just trying to get over Saturday night. <laughs> and, uh, and pretty soon, this guy that's been talking to me comes out and meets them. And I'm like, oh, he knows all them. And when he comes out, they all walk away. And I'm thinking, where are they going? It's Sunday morning. And they start going down this pathway and going down this road here. And the chapel was over there. And they all walk into the chapel. 
I'm like, oh, they all went to church. Okay. So I said, well, they got what they want. I got what I want. I'll go get some more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And that was it. That, that's all that. But you see, he came in as light. He came in as salt. He came in and made me look. I didn't respond, but he made me look. Now, he could have come back and he could have said, you need to go to church. You need to go to church. You need to get into church. You need to get. And, you know, one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to say, okay, I give in. I'll go with you. Or I'm going to knock him out. One or the other is going to happen. You know, that's the only two ways it can go. So, but he didn't do that. He would just come in and share his heart, being salt and being light. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15.34, the King James Version. It says, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Awake to righteousness. See, it's about teaching about others about right living and promises, not to put anybody under the law, but to help them to live right. I mean, don't you think that health is living right? Don't you think prosperity is living right? Don't you think that having peace in your heart is living right? Don't you think that having good relationships with others is living right? Well, it's all about that, see? And that's based on a life of righteousness, okay? So we're not trying to put somebody under the law. We're trying to show them this is what life can be like. And if them dodos keep going down the road they're going, you're going to have a lot of people to talk to. And I'm talking about the dodos in Washington. If they keep going the road they're going, you're going to have a lot of people to talk to. And you're going to show them. You're going to have to show them your life. They don't want to hear your empty words. They don't care about your theology. They want to know about what works. And what can you prove works. That's what they want to know because they're hungry for it. People are hungry for it. And it's about sharing the righteousness of God. Sharing knowledge is to awaken us about how this righteousness acts so that you can add faith to what you hear. That man that was witnessing to me when I was 19 years, I could have added faith to that. I chose not to. I just chose not to. I could have. So what we want to do is we want to share with people so that they can hear something that gives them an opportunity to add faith to what they're hearing. Because we live by faith, not by the law. And you don't put anybody under the law. Are you with me? Second yes. Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. That he would please the one 
who enlisted him as a soldier. How many times have we said that the body of Christ is the army of God? Who enlisted you? Jesus Christ enlisted you. Isn't that right? This is not deep stuff. This is easy, easily answered. <laughs> so, as a soldier, we look to please the one that has enlisted us. We desire to please Jesus, not in working to be saved, but we look to please him because we're so grateful that we are saved. We're grateful that we're in the body of Christ. We're grateful that we have a place to assemble. We're grateful that we can hear the word of God. Grateful. Grateful that through the word of God, the spirit of God can move in our life. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Now, Enoch lived long before the law ever came around. Therefore, Enoch's life was a life of Faith. How do you know that? Verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if on a, as a soldier on active duty looks to please the one that enlisted you, how are you going to please the Lord? Faith. How did Enoch please God? Faith. It's the only way. Because without it, you can't please God. Without faith, it is not that you can't please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. Amen. Works do not please God. The Lord does not please God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. Faith pleases God, and faith brings reward. Faith is what God's interested in. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Oh, great faith I have never seen. Oh, Peter, ye of little faith. Oh, why did you doubt, ye of little faith? Oh, your boy is, is having seizures. You know, the devil throws him here and there. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long will I put up with you? Bring him here. What is he saying? You don't have any faith. Why don't you have faith? Faith pleases God, and faith brings reward. Amen? 2 Peter 1.17. Building a case. That's why we use a lot of verses. 2 Peter 1.17. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Okay? This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Now, we know that that's on the Mount of Transfiguration. But wasn't there another time when the father said that to Jesus? 
When was that? Down at the River Jordan. How many miracles did Jesus do at that time? So guess what? Performance don't please God. Faith pleases God. You don't receive from God because of your performance. You can only receive by faith. Now, rewards in eternity can come because of performance. But the things that you receive from God is by faith. Because faith pleases God. And actually, the things you do in performance should be an outgrowth of faith. Amen. Which we might get into that next week. Jesus has set the path for us. Jesus' life was Obviously, definitely, without a doubt, a life of faith. Everything he did was by faith. Jesus makes the statement, I do nothing of my own initiative. You know, people still want to say things like, oh, when he went into the temple and he drove out the money changers, he was angry. No, he wasn't. You know why people think that? Because you don't know how to do stuff like that without being angry. Because you're, you're such an emotional person. So you let your emotions take charge of your life. And don't know how to do anything outside of the emotions. Jesus wasn't emotional because anger is an emotion. You know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. So how do you get angry and sin not? Oh, we've heard all the, the teachings on it. Oh, there's a righteous anger. Oh, there's an anger that's of God. Oh, there's this kind of anger. How do you get angry but yet don't sin? It's when the Tabasco sauce comes up from your feet and you don't yield to it. You don't give yourself to it. The, the emotion comes, but you don't yield to it. This is why the government steps in when it comes to disciplining children, because people don't know how to discipline their children without being mad at them. And the children don't learn discipline, they learn anger. I can't take it anymore. You're driving me crazy. Whack, whack, whack. What'd that kid just learn? You're angry. That's what the kid learns. You're provoking them to wrath because you don't know how to do things without emotion. And I'm not talking about being a, an emotional uh, robot, uh, an emotionless robot. I'm talking about doing things based on the word of God, and this is what the word of God declares, and this is what you do despite how you feel. How you feel means nothing. And until you make that decision, your emotions will rule your life. And they will not be kind to you. They'll always bring you down the wrong road. Jesus was not angry when he drove out the money changes. Then why did he drive them out? Because the Holy Spirit said so. The Holy Spirit said, my house is a house of prayer. Get them out of here. He got them out. It's that simple. I put people out of church when I was on staff. I put people out. I wasn't mad at them, but you're going. <laughs> Amen. All right, maybe that was a little over the top for you. I don't know. But it's still the truth. Jesus' life was a life of faith. He did everything by faith. 
Whatever the Father said, whatever the Father, he said, I don't do anything except what I see the Father do. I don't say anything except what I hear the Father say. I do nothing of my own initiative. Nothing I'm doing is out of my own motives, my own, my own ideas. Nothing I do is out of my own uh, uh, um, agenda. Nope. I didn't go to the other side because there's too many people over here. I went over to the other side because that's where the Spirit of God told me to go. I do nothing of my own initiative. That boggles my mind. Amen. So again, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He heard it first time at the River Jordan. So therefore, this is not, was not based on public ministry. Jesus lived 30 years of his life without sinning. And he did it by faith. How did he do it by faith? According to the word, keeping the word. Amen. So. That tells us you can have a wonderful public ministry before the Lord and not know him on a personal basis. You can know him in ministry. You can function under the anointing. You can move by the spirit of God, but you don't know him in your own personal life to live by faith, trust, and confidence for your own self. Because public ministry has nothing to do with personal life. And this is why the Bible says a lot of y'all need to stop being teachers because you will incur a stricter judgment. I was reading something from Rick Renner, and he said that before he uh, came out to teach, and he was at a church or something, and it was, a, well, I don't know if it was a convention or what, but it was, all, it was not a leadership convention. It was just, you know, church attendee con convention. And um, a lot of people there, several hundred people there. And before he came up to teach, I think it was the pastor, and he said to the whole crowd, how many of you feel called to the ministry? And Brother Rick said 90% of their people raised their hand. And he said, oh, that is so wrong. Because he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And the word some does not even come close to the majority. It's the minor amount of people. But one of the problems in the church, everybody wants a title. Everybody wants popularity. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to be looked at. You know, Brian, I'm just telling you right now, if you ever want to switch positions, I'll sit back there and I'll be very happy. I never asked to be up here. Never my idea, never what I wanted to do. It was never in the plan. And I have found that with the people that are the sum. They never want to be seen or noticed. But yet once you realize God, this is what God wants you to do, you find out there's a difference between ministering under the anointing, the gifts of the Spirit, operating in the fivefold ministry, 
and then separating all that with your personal life and still have to live by faith. Because everything that happens in the ministry means nothing for your personal life. And the performance is not pleasing to God. It's faith and living by it that pleases God. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? Jesus always did things by faith. Always did what he heard the fathers tell him to do. And therefore, he was always pleasing to God. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 9 and 10. For this reason, also since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you would grow and increase in wisdom and understanding. Why? In order that you'd walk by faith, the manner that pleases the Lord. In all respects, in all things. We were just talking today is that, you know, uh, and, and, you know, we're talking about somebody that had uh, 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 an accident and they believed God and God had moved and brought total healing into their life, into that situation. And you could go, well, I'll tell you what, I got this thing down. Well, I tell you, I got this faith stuff down. I got this renewing mind stuff down. Yeah, you, you know, I know about that health and healing stuff. You don't know squat. You had one thing happen in your life. Now, we thank God for that one thing. We're so glad that that took place. That doesn't mean you've got anything down. You don't have anything down until you get all the word down. Again, where's your standard? What is your standard and level of what gives you an opinion, even about your own personal life? Not to mention everybody else's life that you have an opinion about. But your own personal life. See, where's that standard that gives you that opinion? Whereas it ought to be, thank God for his deliverance. Thank God for his healing. Thank God that he had moved according to his word. And I'm looking forward to growing even further with him. Are you with me? Why? Because this one thing worked. And guess what? This one thing worked. And this thing that you did and how you operated by faith in this one thing. Don't work over here. Don't work over here. Oh, let me go back to that. Sorry, past, won't work anymore. Because faith has to be alive now. Can't live on yesterday's faith. Faith alive now. Therefore, you have to be in the word now. When something happens in your life, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? What's the first thing that you lean to? Is it the word of God? Is it the promise of God? Or is it, oh, Jesus, I can't believe this happened. You know, what do we lean to? It'll show where we're at. 
if we pay attention. So, filled with knowledge of his will, wisdom and understanding, in order that we would walk by faith, for faith is the manner that pleases the Lord. Bearing fruit, continuing to grow in knowledge. The more you grow, the more you can live by faith and not by the law of works. The more you grow, the more you live by faith in other areas of your life. The more you grow, the more you live by faith in each and every area of your life. The more you grow, the more you live by faith every day in every way. And don't get caught up in bewitching Babel. Why do we get out of the faith mode? Why do we lean back to works to try to obtain? Remember, in order that, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham would come on you and that you would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith that comes by hearing. Okay? We forgot. We forgot that. This is why we lean back to works. We forgot all about those basics. Jesus fulfilled the requirement of the law. I don't longer live by works. I walk by faith. I'm free from the law of sin and death because of the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There is a law of liberty. There's a law of faith. There's a law of righteousness that I can walk by. See, I forgot those things, basic, basic things we forgot about. Why? Because we get so busy in what I need today. And this is the trap that the devil does. He gets you so busy that all you can do is keep your head down, look at where you're walking, one step in front of the I care about, I need this, I got to have this. And you forgot about the big picture, about what God has done for you, about the position he has brought you into. Yeah about the very authority that he's dropped in you and about how faith can come alive as I continue hearing the word. But I can't do it when I'm like this. I can't do it when I'm like this. And that's a trap of the devil to get you so busy. You know, when technology started increasing and they started talking about Wi-Fi, <gasps> Wi-Fi. I can bring my computer to the beach and work at the beach. And I can bring a printer with me and I can print out stuff at the beach. I can go to the beach and work. No, you know what that means? It means you have no downtime anymore. No downtime. You know, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm walking to the car. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Where's my, where's my iPad? Okay, here's my iPad. I got to look up something. Okay, let me go to the office and get on the computer. No downtime. I'm in the car. Let's put on, let's look at the phone. I'm on the car. Oh, you know, the, the, the car is very, you know, a lot, of, a lot of tech stuff in the car. Just run the phone through the car. Do you remember the day that if somebody called you and you weren't home, they had to leave a message on an answering machine? And you had absolutely no contact if you were outside the house. When you were outside the house, you did what you had to do outside the house. But now, no, we take everything with us and everything's going all the time. No downtime. No time in the word. Too busy. No faith. 
devil got you. Big time. And he's really after the next generation. Not living in gratitude for redemption and the promise of the Holy Spirit. I get all caught up in me. What I need, what I want, what must happen now for me. We get all caught up in that. And then there's the verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, he sent his son to die for you. Because he loved you. Even when you weren't saved. Even when you turned your nose up at God. Even when you would have nothing to do with him. Even when you would rather cuss him. And he still loved you. So how much more does he love you now that you're a child? It says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become a child of the Most High God. How much more does he love you now? Huh? You are his very own child. Can anything separate you from the love of God? As the world, he offered you salvation to be born of the Holy Spirit. As his child, he, he offers you a whole life of inheritance both now and into eternity. If God has given us his very best, which is his son, the blessing of Abraham, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's given you his son, he's given you the promise of his spirit, he's given you his very best. Why are you worried about all the secondary stuff? You get so wrapped up with concern and anxiety and worry about secondary stuff. Stuff that's actually passing away. I realize it's stuff we need and it's stuff, but I'm talking about the trust and the faith and the leaning on the one that's already given you the best heaven has to offer. Amen. Hallelujah. It tells us that in Romans 8. That in Christ, he freely, freely, say freely. freely. He freely gives us all things. Say this with me. In Christ, in Christ. Father God, God has freely, freely given, me given me all things, all things. In, Christ. in Christ. All things all that pertains to life. Pertains He's life. given it all to me. It's mine. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's my inheritance. Because I am in Christ, the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. James chapter 2. Now remember what we talked about where we started tonight over in Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you from, be, from obeying the truth. Did you? I just want to know this. Did you receive the Spirit? By works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Remember that? Well, here in James 2.20, he says, But are you willing to recognize, foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Are you willing to recognize, foolish fellow? Who's the foolish fellow? The one that has returned to the works of the flesh. That's the foolish fellow. You've walked away from faith and gone back to works of the flesh. 
works that try to make things happen. I'm working this. I'm trying to get this to happen. I'm trying to be good enough so that God will give me the thing I'm believing him for. First of all, you're not believing. And second of all, you're in the flesh doing works. So neither one of those is going to happen because you're not pleasing God. And you're doing all the wrong things to try to please God because he's not impressed with any of it. Are you with me? Just like trying to be saved, you're trying to be healed. You're trying to get increased. You're trying to have peace. You're trying to stop anxiety. You're trying. You know, the Word of God tells us in Galatians, crucify these things. Crucify it. And how do you crucify it? You take the Word of God and you nail those things to the cross. Stop it with the, I'm trying, to be, I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm trying, I'm trying not to worry. I'm trying not to be anxious. That's not going to work. You got to go to the word of God that says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things by prayer, make your request known to God. Think on these things. Don't think on the worry things. I mean, the, the birds of the air, they don't do anything. The grass of the field is here today, gone tomorrow. But yet God takes care of the grass. He takes care of the birds. Aren't you worth much more than them, O ye of little faith? It's taking the word of God and get it in your heart and crucify those things. Don't hold it in. Don't let it out. Crucify it. Kill it once and for all. And you can't kill it apart from the Word of God. Amen. Amen. The foolish fellow is the one that's returned to works, trying to make things happen, just like somebody that would try to go to church, keep the golden rule, and try to be good enough to be saved. No difference. Unsaved, saved, no difference. Living by works produces nothing. So when he says here, are you willing to recognize, foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? A better translation of the word works is corresponding actions. It is not works as the works of the law. It is corresponding actions. Okay? It's actions that correspond to your faith. So if I say I believe something, there should be actions that get produced from that. So works is to try to make something happen. Corresponding action is because something has already happened. It's already happened on the inside. I'm just working out what's already happened. You know, how can you work out your salvation if you're not saved? How can you work out your healing if you're not healed? How can you work out your prosperity if you're not the prosperous? How can you work out your peace if you haven't taken on peace? How can you work these things out if you're full of fear, if you're full of anxiety, if you're full of worry? How do you work those things out? See, you know how to work out the worry. You know how to work out the anxiety. You know how to work out the fear. You've done it all your life. Well, now you've got to work out the freedom of those things because I'm anxious for nothing. See, that's what I need to work out. The peace of God gets worked out. The righteousness of God works out. Wake up to righteousness. Wake up to who you've been made to be. Work those things out into your life. I am the healed, so I work it out. I am the prosperous, so I work it out. I am the peace of God, so I work that out in my life. It's not just about, yeah, I, I have peace. Glory to God. I have peace. You either have it or you don't have it. Your words mean nothing. Show me your faith without the works, and I'll show you faith by works. Nobody has to say a word. 
Most of the time, the yakety-yak-yak proves you don't have it. Because it's not anybody you need to be yakking to. It's to the devil, and it's to yourself. It's all you need to yak at, yourself. Get yourself straight. Stop trying to show everybody else you've gotten yourself straight. You ain't straight. You're trying to prove it. And that proves you don't. I'm taking it. It's about talking to yourself. I yak more to myself than I do to anybody. I only yak up here because that's what I have to do. If I wasn't up here, and you know it, I don't go to lunch with y'all and talk all, you know. I'm not a yakka. I don't talk that much. Go say myself. I don't have nothing to say. You ask me something, I might tell you, but you know, I don't really have much to say. But up here, it's different. You understand what I'm saying? You want to be talking, you talk to yourself, talk to the devil. Pastor Nid told you about Tuesday, when she, you know, how, how she used to be, you know, and she'd just be... Uh, you know, the Bible talks about the man that can hold oil in his hand, the guy that can deal with the contentious woman, <laughs> you know. So, you know, and, and she was talking about that Tuesday, you know, and, and I would just walk away from her, and I would go in the bedroom, and I'd say, Lord, I thank you that wisdom comes out of her mouth. I thank you that the love of God resides on the inside of her. I thank you that she's, you know, and I would just be talking what the Word of God says about her. She, was she acting like that? No. No, she wasn't. But that's what the word said, so we're going to stick to the word, and I'm going to trust God that's in her. God lives in her, so I trust God in her. I don't have to dominate her. That's the stupidest thing anybody ever does. Why? Because it's flesh and it's works. Our relationship now is great because God works in her. God works in me. Works more in her than works in me. She's still confessing things about me. <laughs> but you understand see it, it, it's allowing God to do what God does you talk to the enemy you talk to yourself amen don't be a foolish fellow going back into works stop trying to make something happen it, if it happens on the inside corresponding works will come about works is of the flesh and of the mind but corresponding actions are of the spirit that is within us amen now you don't have to turn there but you know what it says in john chapter one that in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god all things came into existence by the word and there's nothing that's come into existence that's apart from the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us isn't that right the word the word took on flesh and the name of the flesh was jesus jesus the word bore our sin the word jesus the word bore the curse jesus the word went into hell and defeated the devil defeated death hell and the grave isn't that right when we got born again our rebirth was in christ by faith in christ in Christ, the Word. 
in Christ, in the Word, is a fixed position. That is our life in Christ, the Word. Not through works, right? Why? Why is it not through works? Because works outside of the Word. The works are outside of Christ. You can't be in Christ and do works. If you're doing works, you're not in Christ. You've stepped out. See, it's like a house. Faith is about a house that you're in. It's a position. When you say, I'm in faith, it's a position that you're in. Just like sin. You've heard people say things like you were delivered out of the house of sin. Because sin is a position. Why do I sin? You know, why do people sin? Why was I a sinner before I got saved? Because I was in the house of sin. That was my position. But when I got saved, I moved into a position in Christ. And when I'm in faith, I'm in a position. Believing is moving out from that position into the things I need to do by faith. See, believing, faith is a noun, it's a position. It's a person, place, or thing, a noun. It's a position, it's a place, faith. But believing is a verb, and believing is doing. So when people say things like, well, all I need is faith, well, then pull up the chair because you're going to be sitting there for a while because you're not going to get any place just in faith. Believing is the action. Does that make sense to you? Believing is a verb, so it's an action word. Faith is a, is a noun. It's a position. When I got born again in faith, I was in Christ. That is my position in Christ. If I am not believing, I'm only working. And that's outside of Christ, outside of the word. Does that make sense to you? Renewing the mind. What's renewing the mind about? Moving my mind into Christ. And don't, don't, uh, don't come to me after service and tell me, yeah, my mind's renewed. It's in Christ. Please. There may be a piece that's in. There might be a part that's in. But majority, don't quit. Don't stop. Keep doing it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I've had people through the years, they'll, they'll come to me after service, go, yeah, Pastor, I've got that. I'm like, yeah. I had a person tell me one time that they were leaving the church. And I'm like, why are you leaving the church? Well, you know, everything you teach, I have that. I'm like, you got that. She said, they said, yeah, I got that. I said, you, you mean everything that's taught here, you've got that working in your life. Yes, I do. I'm like, wow. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> I'm like, really? I know. Well, they came back two years later and they admitted their deception. <laughs> but then they left again. Different reasons. So, in Christ, renewing the mind is moving it into Christ, into the Word. And out of that, then, comes controlling our life and now taking our life and placing it in Christ, in the Word. So that I'm living by faith or I'm living out from that place in Christ, in the word, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, socially. Everything in my life proceeds from that place. That the word don't have a peace in my life. It is my life. 
It's not a part of the schedule of my life. It is my life. And everything that is of my life proceeds from that place. You understand? The new birth was only the beginning of faith. We are now to live by faith and not by works. To stay in the position you were placed in, in the new birth, in Christ, in the word. When you got born again, you stepped into being the supernatural church in Christ, spiritually. But we have to then continue in Christ, continue in the word, continue in faith so that we can grow into living as the supernatural church. Living out from that place in the word where faith can grow. And out of faith, we can believe and then comes corresponding actions of doing, doing Doing not only what I say I believe, but doing what I have already become. Amen. Amen. So the anointing of God is here. So just close your eyes for a moment. And just let those things settle inside of you right now. About in Christ. Living in Christ, continue in Christ, continue in the word, continue in faith so that we can grow in our life into becoming the supernatural church, living out from that place in us, in the word. So faith can grow that piece by piece, step by step, I can move my life into that place spiritually Mentally, soulishly, physically, financially, socially, everything in my life moves into that place in Christ. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. If you're on a live stream or podcast, just, just do that with us right now. Just, just set yourself. And let that just... Let that anointing just cover you. Let it just fill you. Flood the very room, the car, wherever you may be. Let it just flood the place you're at. If it gets too strong, if you're in a car, if you need to, pull off the side of the road and just sit. And let that just anointing of God just cover over you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I look to you to make these things to be a reality in our lives in the days ahead. Oh, that this would just come. Revelation of this would come alive inside of each and every one of us. That we'd understand the position that you've set us in. That we'll do everything to protect that position. And not walk out and become the foolish fellow that goes back to doing things by faith. Oh, I'm sorry, doing things by works. Holy Spirit, show us, show us the things that we're doing by 
works. Show us those performance rated things. So that we can move out from there. And move into faith. Show us the things that needs to be crucified in our life. So we can, by your word, nail those things to the cross and kill it. And move into a greater place in you, in the word, in faith, in that place that you've set for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll make these things known to us and that it will bring great growth into our lives that will continue to conform to the image of Jesus, that Christ would be formed in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We thank you, Lord, that you have imparted revelation to us, that we will give ourselves to it, Father, that it will rise up into our thinking, into our soul, so that we'll take hold of it and become one heart in these areas. I thank you, Lord, that we had the opportunity to come before you with our giving, that we can sow our seed. And Father, I just thank you so much that according to your word, that we can do this in faith, that we can do this by faith, and that we can receive as you have declared in your word. We do not have to work for it. We do not need performance for it. We just believe. The work of God is to believe. So therefore, because we believe, therefore we do. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to do as we believe in our giving. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thanks for joining us again on live stream podcast. So glad that you could be with us tonight. I think that tonight was one of those important things that we really need to learn and really need to evaluate and examine in our life. And we need to do it on a regular basis because any one of us can slip right back into works and slip back right into trying to make things happen uh, where it's just a matter of faith. Amen. So I do pray that you have really received from the word of God tonight. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And if there's anything we can pray with you about, please let us know. We always look forward to praying with our partners for your needs to be met. Amen. Amen.